Hello, welcome to Turning Little Stones, the podcast that takes a fresh look at the fascinating world of young children. Today, we're turning our attention to school readiness, asking what children need and what they don't need to prepare them for any major change in their life. And we're doing this a little differently. I was actually the guest of Janine Halloran, host of the Calm and Connected podcast. She first aired this on her podcast and YouTube channels in mid-February. And we are delighted to be airing this topical and very relevant conversation on Turning Little Stones podcasts. So who is Janine? Well, she's a licensed mental health counsellor operating in the US who's worked with children and teens and families for over 20 years. Over this time, she's been helping children and teens build their coping skills in a variety of settings, including schools, mental health clinics and her private practice. She founded Coping Skills for Kids to help children and teens learn healthy and safe ways to manage their feelings. She's authored several books, including the best-selling Coping Skills Workbooks for Kids and for Teens. She is the founder of the Coping Skills Community Hub and her work is well recognised in the US, featured in the Boston Globe, CNN, Huffington Post and the Skim Newsletter. She lives in Massachusetts with her husband and two children. And so we're absolutely sure that you're going to enjoy the listen. Hi, Caroline. Thank you so much for agreeing to be on the Common Connected podcast. I'm so pleased to have you here. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. So for people who don't know about you and your work, can you share a little bit about your background and what led you to start turning Little Stone? So I'm over in the UK. I'm an experienced early years professional. So that means I worked and then ran several children's nurseries. So that's my background. But I also tutored and trained, then became an assessor. And whilst working, I started small, which was lovely because it helped me to see the theory happening in front of my eyes and learn so much because you just learn from the children all the time. And I think that kept me fresh. It kept me really focused on the on the theory. And I guess since 2020, I finally handed over the nurseries to my managers, which was amazing. But then you're, you're left a little bit bereft, aren't you? And I, I wondered, you know, how I could use all the stuff that I still believe and have inside me. And so, yeah, Turning Little Stones podcasts were born. And that's what I do. I basically share nuggets of good research-based child development theory, but only little snippets in ways that are, are conversational and anybody, whether you're a family carer, whether you're a practitioner, whether you're a student, whoever you are, you can just pick up and have little takeaways that you can you can use in your daily life with your own children. I think that is incredible. And it is, it's so funny because you do sort of, you know, when you leave a place where you've been doing all that work on the ground, hands-on, working with kids, 
it does sort of leave you like, oh gosh, I need, I need to fill this. And I still want to share the work that I know and share this good information, but trying to figure out a way to do that. I, I felt the same way when I was starting coping skills for kids and really shifting away from doing as much full-time school counseling work. And so then I started seeing clients privately. So here we are. <laughs> <laughs> No, you just miss it. You miss the day job, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> you do. And there's there's something really helpful about the hands-on experience to be able to really not only like sort of give you like spark you, but also to be able to speak to what you've seen in the field and what you've noticed and what works and what doesn't work and what you have the trends that you're seeing. So to you, for people who aren't familiar, this is like preschool, basically. Like this, this is little tiny ones. Like I call them the littles, right? And so you think, yeah. So we're thinking about the things that would be helpful. And there's a lot of talk out there about sort of like school readiness and, you know, and what kids really need to be able to do as they're getting ready to go into what in the United States would be like kindergarten and elementary school. Given what you know, given your expertise, given what you've seen, what do you think children really need before they get started? <laughs> I'm absolutely with you. Like, Can I go backwards a tiny bit, though? Because I think that if you, I think if children have not been supported through their early transitions, it actually comes back to bite them. <laughs> and actually they become adults that really struggle with transitions and they'll, they'll have been struggling with transitions all the way through their upbringing, all, all the way through. So yeah, I'm really focused on school readiness great, great term, but so misunderstood because so many people think it's what the skills the child needs before they start school or the knowledge they need to have. or You know, there's a lot of misunderstanding out there. Um, I think even in, in the pandemic, I was interviewed um, by the BBC and as the recording had all switched off, this lovely, lovely interviewer just said, oh, my child's nearly four and she can't write her name. She's not due to start school in September. What shall I do? What shall I do? And it, it, it just made me incredibly sad because that isn't what children need. I think this, I, I love the fact that we're having a conversation now because we're in that period of time, aren't we, where the school applications, certainly in the UK, school applications have gone in, but nobody knows the outcome. So we've got all of that uncertainty. We've got parents anxious because, you know, they've put their choices of school in, in order and we haven't had the results yet. So they're concerned. They're, they may well be talking to one another, talking to their parents, their partners, their friends. Oh, I'm so worried about this. Little ears <laughs> are, uh, are picking up all those anxieties. And even if they're not overhearing them, they're picking up the parents or the adults' concerns and anxieties. Even school, I was in a primary school this afternoon and they don't know the cohort of children they're getting yet. So everybody's in this limbo. 
And as human beings, we just don't like change, do we? We certainly don't like uncertainty. <laughs> it's true. I suppose that's where I'm coming at in terms of school readiness. The school readiness is about supporting our children through this in a way that is helpful. Um, and I've seen so many children at this point in the year, whilst their preschool, in their preschool year, slamming on the anchors, you know, a practitioner or an earliest teacher will bring out some sandpaper letters. <laughs> and like, oh, no, 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 I don't want to do that. And this child has been very eager to learn their letters beforehand. And what on earth's going on? I, I've coined a term, <laughs> which as far as I know, isn't widely used. But I quite like it. It's called transitionitis. <laughs> <laughs> I like it too. <laughs> and it, it's kind of, it, it just, it comes into play. It's a very real thing in this term, you, you know, this, this period of time before people know where they're going. And it seems to stop when they do know where they're going and they've started school visits. You know, they've actually gone into the place that they're going to. So it's that that worry, that unknown feeling. It's very, it's you know, you have to be able to sit with that uncomfortableness. Um, that's something that I talk about all the time. Like that, you you can't plan everything. You can't know. You can't. Sometimes you just have to sit and wait. And so, what do you do in the meantime? And what sort of um, things are you seeing from the kids in the meantime? And how do you react to that happening? If they're not being able to do, they're not interested, right? If they're not interested, they're putting the brakes on. They're saying, no, thank you. I do not want to look at letters. I do not want to do anything. I would just like to do something else. Then what do you, you know, how do you manage that? What do you do? And, and what are your ideas to help them you know, really get into like work through that, like in that time where there isn't an answer yet. How do you encourage them during those moments? Brilliant, brilliant question. Um, I, I suppose I think that um, change or transition is all about things that are continuing and things that aren't continuing. So most of us will look at the things that aren't going to be the same. They're not going to continue. For a young child, that's really unsettling because they barely understand their world anyway. And so somebody says something like school, well, that's new. <laughs> that's not nursery or preschool, it's school. If somebody adds big onto that, it becomes big school. Well, that's a bit scary. So it's it's unpacking the things that the child can hold on to as the familiar and re repackage it, if you like, in a way that they can understand in in their terms. So I suppose what I would advocate and what we used to do in, in the settings, we used to go for little walks around the perimeter of local primary schools in local schools. We obviously got permission to do so, but they, it was an outing, a little trip. 
it didn't actually matter whether those children were going to that school or not. We just had little chats. Oh, my goodness, they've got that in the playground. Oh, it's just like us. We've got a Sandra in the playground. I should imagine most schools will have a Sandra in, in the playground. Um, I don't know, when you're when we're reading a story, it's kind of, oh, we all love this one, don't we? This is our favourite. Oh, do you know, at primary school, I think they've got loads of books. I'm sure they'll have this one. And we're feeding what their favourite is, things that are comfortable, familiar. They can actually begin to put that into the school bag, <laughs> um, so to speak, and begin to consider what this big school, this big unknown thing might be. So it's all about, for me, it's all about the adult changing their own mindset. I love the fact that you're calm and connected. Love it because it hinges on the adult being able to become themselves. You know, we, we started off by saying our parents are worried. They don't know where their children are going. But actually putting that to one side whilst they're with their children and giving it a positive skew and a, I wonder if and we love this nursery rhyme don't we oh my goodness they I'm sure they'll sing that one at school um one of the difficult things I find is that it's not necessarily you as a as a parent or a family carer it's the people around us you know, the people you meet in the street, the aunts, the uncles, they're all interested. So they'll be they'll be saying, oh, have you got your new uniform yet? And, oh, you'll have to do this when you get to school. And they, they sort of put things in the mix that aren't very helpful. They're only doing it for the best of reasons. <laughs> but but it, it can actually be quite quite unsettling for the children so I think the more the adults the, the primary carer the main carer can just soothe and make make school a, a real place that that's the better that's the best as far as I'm concerned right and there's something really powerful when we can be calm ourselves to be able to share that with our children, to model that for our kids, to be that steady force, that steadying uh, anchor in life to say, okay, we know that this is unknown, but there are things that we do know. There are things that we can do. There are things that we can explore. And when we know, then we can definitely go and visit and, you know, and understanding what their questions and concerns are and hearing what they're worried about and being able to just be there and support them and not escalate and get our feelings big with as their feelings get bigger and our feelings get bigger. That's not going to help everybody stay in a place where we can be calm and think about it. it. It just escalates things. And it's very hard to do as a parent and you're concerned about the future and you're like, you go really big picture. And so sometimes it's hard to like keep yourself in that calm space. But I love that you are trying to encourage people to do that, to just stay in that calm spot while you're with your kid, you can freak out about it with your partner or other people in your other adults in your life. But being that calming presence with your child is a really powerful thing to do. 
It is. It is. Yeah. And and practically, I mean, it was you asked what can people do if they're slamming on the anchors in terms of things that they're they need to learn how to do. It's actually adjusting our mindset. It does a child need to be able to write before they start school? Many, many teachers, many reception teachers over here would actually far prefer a child to be confident and not have formed their letters incorrectly because they've been forced to. And they often find they have to unlearn the skill of writing in order to teach them the correct way of writing. So, so that there is that. Um, we once had a, a, a little boy who, I don't know where he'd got it from. He'd picked it up some, somewhere that he was going to be reading when he went to school. So this, this was a very able child and he was able to, he knew his letters and you know, that was, that was fine. But he'd, as soon as, any words came into his vista. Said, no, 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 I'll do that when I go to school. But actually he was fascinated by the world. He was fascinated with space. And we had these other resources in the nursery that were linked to that passion because of, that was his interest. And so we started getting not only the pictures and the models of the planets, whatever, but we started getting name cards for them as well. He didn't realize what he was doing. He was just matching, but he was reading Uranus and Venus and Pluto and the rest of them. He was reading, but if we had said, come on, let's read these words, he would have slammed on those anchors and said, no, 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 I'm not going to do that because I'll do it when I go to school. So he was still learning. We just need to do it differently. If a, does a child need to sit at a table with a pen to write before they start school? Well, maybe just have some sticks in a sand tray outside and see what marks they can make. And I'm absolutely convinced that they'll start to write naturally, spontaneously, some of the letters that they've been recognised in their own names. So it, it's that, not, not, not forcing children to do something because you are worried that they need this skill before they go to school. They don't. <laughs> Yes. And I, it's really, it sounds like it's very play-based, play-led, and very sort of like what the child's interest is. That is also the other thing. If he's interested in planets, you bring out planet stuff. And then uh, naturally, they're going to want to do more of that if they're interested in dinosaurs, if they're interested in trucks, you know, what are they intrigued by? And to be able to use that and Something I think about, especially when they're in those younger years, it's just about learning how to get along and be together and how to socialize, how to play nicely. And those skills are hugely important, <laughs> more so, I think, than like being able to write all your letters. I think it's more important that you learn how to self-regulate and you learn how to play with another person and you learn how to be able to be patient and wait your turn. Those are huge skills that are actually also very important and helpful when you're getting into bigger school. 
You're absolutely right. And it's t it's learning to how to take away. Oh, you won't be able to you won't be able to do that when you're at school because they'll think you're naughty. So it's or um, that's your teacher will be very cross. Again, that's putting the the I don't know what's happening in this school. I, I don't understand this thing. It's picking up on where they're playing, where they're playing happily with their friends and say, oh my goodness, when you go to school and you play like that with your new friends, it's going to be fun. It's that. That's it's it's just layering and layering the positive, what they can understand, rather than maybe beginning to give them a notion of school discipline, for example, or or something that they can't grasp at this stage. Yeah. Yeah. I love this conversation. And I know that you love to give these little nuggets of information to people on your podcast. And I know you've just created something called Selving a Little Deeper. Can you tell oh. us something about that? Oh, bless you. Yeah. So the Turning Little Stones podcasts come out relatively frequently, you know, once every fortnight or so. And they're just freely available on the on um, on the normal podcast channel. What we've been doing behind the scenes, because people want a little bit more, is we've created, well, we are creating sets of additional audios with more substantial companion notes. And we've called those delving a little deeper. And that's essentially what they are. It's what it says on the tin, really. So the first set is called Getting to Know You. Um, those of you who are like old-fashioned musicals comes from the King and I, um, and uh, so yeah, that's a set of five audios, and it's learn it's it's unpacking aspects of childhood, which the universality of childhood, and what's going on inside. Why do they? Why are they different little people than they? than we often think that they are. Um, so that's that's the first set. The second set is going to be out very, very shortly, um, being edited as we speak. And that's called See Me. And it's, it's about observations. It's about adults learning to see children differently and being in, inspired by their capacities and, and what's going on inside. And then we've got another one that's nearly ready, which is called Involve Me, Show Me, Let Me. And that's all about what young children want from us. They want to be involved in our daily lives. They want to be shown things and they want to be trusted to, to do some of those things. And it's just helping adults to kind of see how they can expose their children to some of those skills that they're desperate to do. We think of them as chores. <laughs> the child wants to do them because they're modeling themselves on, on us and um, and how we can do that safely. And, and yeah, they will grow in confidence um, as we do that. So we'll just be adding more and more to that. Some of them will be on phonics. Some of them will be on, you know, later learning -y type things. But, but actually, we're just we're just going to keep adding those. Those are available just from the website. We don't charge for them. We just ask for a little donation. That's all. I see those. If if I had had that 
when I was a manager, I would have grabbed them and used them for staff training or for, uh, you know, a starter for 10 for a team meeting. Um, yeah, we're going to revamp our music area. Let's listen to this, guys, and we'll then we'll decide what we do. So I, I think that there are, it's good for a lot of different types of audiences, whether you're a parent, whether you're a grandparent carer, whether you're a practitioner, whether you're a manager, whether you're a student. Yeah. That's incredible. What an incredible resource that continues to grow. And it sounds like you're very excited about being able to put more and more ideas out there so people can really use this in their daily practice working with kids and raising kids. I think that's incredible. Yeah, that's what that's all I'm trying to do. And going back to your first question was, um, you know, why did I start this? Well, I, I looked back at what I loved about being in my workplace and being that manager and it was just walking around with an adult and just showing them one thing about what one child was doing and seeing the lights turn on for them just getting it and then them coming back the next week and saying i can't believe that happened and yeah it, it says so something that was yeah oh so frustrating about their own child they were understanding it differently and transformed their days really from being a bit of a grind to to something great and that's incredible and that it's got to feel so good to see that spark happening and then to be able to put be putting that out so that other people can get that spark too i think that's pretty amazing and incredible that you're doing that I want to be respectful of your time. And so I always ask my guests one last question. What are your coping skills? How do you like to rest and relax? I love being outside. Nature is very important. We live in the countryside, so that's lovely. I've got uh, a field spaniel, so he needs regular walks every day. And uh, so that's good. And I, yeah, I'm quite creative, quite busy. I like to be busy with my hands. So uh, lots of handicrafts. Of course, I need children in my life, so I have a, a little group at a local church that I, uh, I I enjoy leading. But that's just a voluntary, a vo voluntary thing which I love. I, I know you can't get away from it because it it does. It just sparks you. You want to be around that energy. That's so great. And I know dogs are full of energy, and dogs will get you out and get <laughs> you going to be able to <laughs> to get you out of the house. Uh, Caroline, thank you so. much much for coming on the common connected podcast i really appreciate it well thank you again janine thank you for having me uh, we hope that this podcast has given you some food for thought as you prepare yourself and your children for any major change especially starting school it's been an honor to be a guest on janine's calm and connected podcast and we are delighted to be sharing her work with a wider audience in the UK and beyond. Janine's bio and links to all her books and resources are detailed in the show notes, which you'll find on our website. If you've enjoyed this podcast, we just ask that you share it, like it, leave us a review. And so that you don't miss any, you can subscribe to Turning Little Stones for free on your preferred podcast platform. And don't forget, Delving a Little Deeper is available and accessible by heading over to our website, 
www.turninglittlestones.co.uk And so until next time, it just leaves me to say goodbye. <laughs>